Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated, fully boosted, Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest, yay, is Jody Hamilton. You know, I need today to be Jody Hamilton. I just desperately need to talk to Jody. I love her. She's so sweet. Everybody loves her. So yay. But before we get into our conversation, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman run. It's patrons who keep the show going. So I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you enjoy today's show, visit patreon.com slash start me up. You'll see that I offer a bunch of different tiers, including one that has a much shorter intro and is completely ad free. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show only by me. Whatever I feel like talking about that particular day, it's kind of like a stream of consciousness. Again, just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Take a look at the different options. You can always upgrade later. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber because it's free, and while you're there, please rate the show and leave a review. Now please enjoy my conversation with Jody Hamm. Hamilton. Welcome back to the show, Jody. Oh, no, and we're sing-songy with my name. I like it. We are. I like that. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Well, you know, um, obviously, everybody loves you, and I love you, and it's so funny because, you know, I go through my or not my but like I try to figure out who who am I going to have on and who am I going to talk to and whenever I get somebody that I've never talked to before there's always a little bit of of anxiety because you don't know what they're going to be like and and then I'm just like I just want Jody (laughs) (laughs) I always just want Jody Jody I'll have to say it's between not between because I think nobody else comments more about guests or you're the one that they comment about the most I should say on I definitely the checks are going out to all of them uh... <laughs> but everybody loves you on Apple Podcasts. but there's also um uh, Greg Oliar because he's he's one of the comfort comfort food guests of mine and so he's very easy to, I always say he's easy like on Sunday morning and, and he is and so I just I just I'm so glad you're here because uh <laughs> it's been a hard week and so I'm, there's a whole bunch yeah. I want to get to first I want to get to a little bit of the fun stuff. I'm not going to save the fun stuff for last. Um, but I, I want to say yes, just let's save the depressing <laughs> shit for last because exactly. you know, always go out on a downer. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, on my patrons only show that I did on Monday, I kind of cried or like had to stop myself from crying the whole time. And it was funny because, it, you know, I, I it was a lot of things. Number one, I stubbed my toe so badly on Ow. Wednesday, I thought I broke it. The good news is I didn't because I'm walking on it fine now. It's a little bit tender, but I'm fine. So that's good because I've broken my toe before and it was not good. And it lasted, I don't know, eight months. It took me a year before I could bend it. This is my pinky toe. So it was like, oh, God. So it's better. But. I, ha- I went to Thanksgiving on Thursday. Of course, my foot hurt. And it was weird because my Thanksgiving, I mean, my Thanksgiving was good. Don't get me wrong. But it was my dad and my stepmom and their kids, my brother and my sister and me and my mom. And that's it. Now, my mom has gone to their get togethers before, but there's usually a lot more people. So there's like a bit of a buffer. And my stepmother is super fucking cool. She let my mom stay at my uh, at their house when she came here from California to look for a house. And she stayed with them for two weeks. She's always been invited to family get-togethers. So they've been so incredibly gracious. But it's weird for me 
because it's uh. like it's so weird you know I have my relationship yeah. with my dad and my stepmom and then I have the relationship with my mom and then when they merge I'm like oh I'm not used to it but so I have a I have a so go go on before I tell you I have something very similar so go on um well the last thing I was just gonna say about it is I got all depressed, you know, because it's my parents are getting older and my stepmother is telling me your dad's arteries are clogged or not clogged, but hardened and um, that it's it's something they can't repair. And so it's like it just, you know, I mean, I, I'm sitting there with my parents and I'm looking at them and, and they're both in decent help. My uh, health, my dad has had more issues, but, right. you know, it, it was like, but I came home and I just felt so sad, even though everything was fine. Everything was fine. So I go on YouTube because I live there outside of Twitter and I watched China <laughs> Phillips, who is a board, she's a born-again Christian, which I am not, but it's so funny how much we have in common. And she said like basically the same thing. She got all emotional and she's like, I don't know what it is about getting together with family, but it's, she was crying and it's like, oh my God, we're like the same person, except I'm not born again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what's your story about the family thing? Okay, so my uh, dad's this is uh, it's a kind of a sad story, but also weirdly odd. Um, <laughs> so my dad's first wife, um, who they met when they were eleven, wow, uh, got married when they were nineteen, and they were married for almost seventeen years, had eight children, wow, and then my parents met and had the three of us, mm -hmm. right? So. And then two of my brothers moved out here from New York when they were being um, difficult uh, at 12 and 14. So I grew up a little bit with the two of them. And anyway, so, you know, segue years later, my brother Jeffrey was in the hospital. He was dying. Oh. And and it was very, I mean, it was expected, but it right. sucks. And yeah. um, so my mom, who was very close with my brother, like they were two peas in a pod, the mm -hmm. two of them. And not his biological mother at all, just they were very very close yeah yes basically and um so he's in the hospital and my mom got him his doctor and so we're at ucla and there was a wing of the hospital that wasn't being used they were renovating mm -hmm. so basically our family had that wing wow we had rooms to ourselves mm -hmm. and nobody was you know and at one point i'm coming back from the hot from going home to change and shower and I go back to the hospital and I see my mom and Gloria, my dad's first wife, sitting on a couch together holding hands and I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is please, weird. <laughs> I'm like, please don't kill each other, you know, and, 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 you know, these are adults. Of right. course they're not. And I, the first time I remember, because I met Gloria when I was really little. Yeah. Because um, she would bring the kids to see my dad and, um, <laughs> When I was 13 years old, somehow, and I don't remember how this happened, we were up in Sacramento to my sister Judy's wedding. My mom didn't go. And so it was my dad and my two sisters. We all went up to Sacramento to, you know, witness Judy's first marriage. And I end up from the church going to the reception alone in the limousine with Gloria. Oh, my God. And I, I'm, like, really quiet. <sighs> and... Um, Hi. And she goes, hello. Hi. How are you, Jody? Fine. Thank you. And I'm just going, I don't know what to do, you know, and why is she being nice to me? And um, and she said to me, she goes, you know, I live down in San Diego. And I said, uh-huh. And she says, you know, anytime you want to come visit, oh, you're welcome nice. to come and stay as long as you want, you know. And, and I looked at her and I said, thank you. And all I thought was, wow, she's so adult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I mean, uh, the... Gloria was very gracious to me my whole life and, and would invite Lonnie and me down for Christmases. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, um, that's great. You know, and yeah, and then about I think it was maybe five or six because she died a year a year and some change ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, about five or six months before she died, she called just to check in. Oh, you know, and, really and when cool. I would see her name come up, it's like, what happened? You yeah, know, because exactly. this woman right. was in her nineties, right, 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 so right. it's like who's calling from her house kind yeah. of thing. Right. Um, but you know, she would just call just to check in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yeah. even her daughter, you know, it's just right. the sweetest, loveliest. My dad did good with his wives. I love my stepmother <laughs> as well. So. Well, and my dad uh, met my stepmother. I, I must've been about six. I was mm-hmm. really young. So I've really known her my entire life. And then right. I, I, I lived with her initially when we moved to Russia. Uh, basically my dad's funny because my dad and stepmother met at KYW in Philadelphia news station. My, I guess she's an editor. She's actually an Emmy award winning editor wow. and he, he was, and he's an Emmy award winning cameraman. And so, you know, she, they met there and they started dating and I, I think they were living together. And then he got the invite to go to Moscow and he, he's wanted her to go. And she's like, well, you got to put a ring on this finger. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go to fucking Russia with you? We're getting yeah, married. No and so, no uh, yeah, of course, I mean, he married her and then, so, I mean, we, we've known each other our whole lives and it was, it was again, like my dad had offered my mother, um, their home you know you can come stay here when you're looking for a house and my mom's like Very well nice. that's really sweet of you but maybe you should ask your wife if she would think that's a good idea and then like my dad calls her back he's like yeah she's good with it so um you know and my my I know my stepmother has been gracious before because my dad used to date this other woman named Kathy and Kathy used to they used to invite her over for dinner and parties and things like that because she was always there was this group of people that my mom and dad hung out with um, kind of like friends, you know, it's just like a whole bunch of uh-huh. people and they'd always hang out together. And so this woman, Kathy, was part of that. And so, you know, my stepmother just says, like, whatever. I mean, he's, they're not together now. And she, that's, that's pretty fucking major that she can mm-hmm. be cool with that because I don't know that I could be. I think it would depend. It would depend yeah. on the person. And, you know, like Bob is friendly with one of his exes but I mean it was god I mean he was young he was really young I don't care you know I just I'd go out to dinner with her I wouldn't care I don't know if I could handle going out to dinner with one his ex-wives but um that would be a little different I mean because he didn't have children with them so I think that would change Mm -hmm. maybe your point of view yes absolutely yeah it's just it's just kind of weird okay so then changing the subject and I don't want to get too maudlin and weird but I'm really worried because um, Kirk Acevedo and Kirsten Warren haven't tweeted for, uh, I think, since at least the 19th. Although Kirsten came on, I don't know what day it was. Her last tweet is up, and it's to Kirk, and it was his birthday. And she, she wished him a happy birthday, and she said something. You know, sometimes I told her she's from another time just because of the way that she phrases things. It's like she's kind of like this like old-timey, um, language and the way she puts words together. In this particular tweet, she w- she was wishing him a happy birthday, and she, I don't, I can't really remember what she said, but this is what freaked me out. She wrote hashtag praying for you, and so the last time either one of them was on Twitter was like on the nineteenth, and I mean his birthday, but before that was like the eighteenth or the nineteenth, and something's going on. I don't know what it is. They are all over fucking Twitter, and especially Kirk, you know, he's got, he, he created a DM room where there's a whole bunch of us. And, you know, whether you amplify tweets or you have conversations all day long, 
Kirk is always in there and, you know, he's always putting his tweets in there or he's talking to us and we're all having conversations. So I'm kind of worried, you know, I don't, I mean, and I've messaged both of them and they haven't replied and they always reply. So I don't know what to make of that, but I'm just like, put out the good vibes for those two. Cause I don't know why she said, you know, hashtag pray for you. That's a little worrisome. Yeah, I see that she wrote that on the 27th. The 27th, uh, okay, yeah. And then hasn't tweeted since. And then, like, on their Instagram pages, they don't have anything new. So something's going on. And what concerns me is, number one, I mean, their daughter is, uh, I don't know why she would say praying for you to Kirk about this, but their daughter has uh, asthma, you know, and, and obviously they've had a couple of scares with COVID. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean all the, the horrible things go through your mind. And I'm just I'm just trying to maintain and I keep putting out the good vibe for them. So, you know, we all I, yeah. I suggest everybody to put out the good vibe. And then the other disturbing news. Now, I want to ask your opinion about this because I know you have one. Um, I'm just going to I talked about this on the show the other day. But, you know, Mueller, she wrote is Allison Gill is always talking about she's concerned that there might be a psyop against Merrick Garland for the sole purpose of dividing Democrats, because there's all these people. And it's not to say that like she's not disagreeing with people who are concerned right. it's it's the idea of democrats are leaving the party because of merrick garland um that's not true yeah it's not true and and it's th- you know i wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of effort to target him to divide democrats and to make democrats feel angry and upset you know obviously we can voice our concerns but let's be careful on how we phrase it but I don't know if you saw, but Adam Schiff the other day came out and said he's concerned about what's happening with Garland. And he's like, well, if there is an investigation going into 1-6 and Trump and all this, it's very quiet and we don't know it. But I'm, he said he was a little concerned that things are taking as long as they have and they don't, they don't see anything happening. So like, what do you make of that? Uh. Uh, well, I know that I'm sure that Adam Schiff and the January 6th committee are in contact with the DOJ mm-hmm. and exchanging information. Right. As far as like if the DOJ, if they see something that they think the DOJ needs, they're turning it over. Yeah. And most likely vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, hmm. I mean, yes, I think they're moving too slowly. But on the other hand, we have to remember that Merrick Garland got in on in April. Mm-hmm. Watergate took a lot longer. Yeah. And had a lot less people to <laughs> to go after. Yes, true. Uh, <laughs> a lot less people. I mean, the fact that that they are starting to go after the higher ups which we're seeing people that mm-hmm. are literally were violent mm-hmm. those days and they're like no you can't get out and no we're doing this and they're trying to get the prosecutors now are going for maximum sentences. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people, even the people that are cooperating, they're still going after maximum sentences. Yeah. Like the the QAnon shaman guy who now wants to change his plea. Dude, <laughs> dumb fuck. Um, we all saw what you did and you admitted to it. Kind of tough now. And the DOJ ain't going to let you do it. Yeah, so, he's going he's gonna to no. show up bald and without the makeup going, so it wasn't me. <laughs> it was some yeah, other guy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're not Mike Flynn and you don't have AG Barr. So, <laughs> yeah, no. right. Um, uh, so that's not going to happen. You've already been convicted and sentenced. Yes, Ain't going to happen. Idiot. Um, so they're going after these people who 
you know, injured police officers and mm-hmm. injured others and did more violent things than even the QAnon because the QAnon guy just walked around basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, he threatened uh, the vice president, but that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going after what they can. Um, but remember, they've already arrested and arraigned 600 people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Well, and ter- uh, Terry Canefield keeps pushing tweets like saying, oh, my God, these really complicated yeah. investigations, they take time. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, I, you know, I'm so torn because I don't know what to make of what Adam Schiff said. Only because, I, first of all, I trust, I completely 100% trust him. And mm-hmm, so, you know, I mean, with Garland, it's not that I distrust him. It's just that I trust Adam Schiff more. I'm more familiar with him. I, I absolutely trust him. So for him to be vocal and public about the fact that he's concerned that Garland is taking such a long time, um, I can't remember all that he said. That was the gist of it. It makes me wonder what's going on. It just makes me wonder what was the point of that. He might have been. I mean, I didn't hear what he said. Uh, I'm just going on what you said. But mm-hmm. my instinct with what he was saying he was probably answering some question on a lot of people are upset with the time that it is taking Mm -hmm. and he was probably going yeah it is upsetting that it's taking so long that's where i would take that is i understand why people are upset of course we want things done quickly but he also understands that if you're going after the head of the dragon Mm -hmm. right all your eyes have to be crossed yeah and your t's have to be you know, dotted. <laughs> you have to do all of that. Because um, if your eyes aren't crossed properly, you don't make a good living. Um, but I mean, you have to, when you're going after people, let alone the ex-president, yeah. the people of power, mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it was Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, mm-hmm. OJ Simpson, whoever you're going after, you better, you better have a really good case because they have the money to fight you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with somebody like an ex-president, he's also got 74 million people behind him. Well, maybe not that many anymore, but, you know, at least 70 million people that are behind this guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's just, and then, okay, that brings me to the next piece of information of fucking Mark Meadows' book saying he had, co- uh, Trump uh-huh. was tested positive for COVID three days before yep. he, um... Let me find Debated before Joe he did yeah. Joe Biden. I, somebody also posted a thing about how before the debate, I think Trump wanted that um, divider, that plastic divider taken down. Removed. Yes. Yes. So it's evident that he wanted mm-hmm. to infect Biden. I yes. mean, we can all we can say it's speculation. We know. And then on top yeah. of it, Fred, uh, what's his name? Fred Wellman tweeted. He tested positive for COVID on the 26th and then did his event with Gold Star families on the 27th. No masks. He later then mm-hmm. blamed them for giving yep. him COVID. And then there was a uh, a New York Times journalist who said that after Trump tested positive, he came out to do a press conference, no mask, and then a few days later that journalist got COVID. That's it, yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah. No, he was he's a monster. I just... I mean, and that's you know, an insult to monsters. <laughs> but I mean, how isn't it illegal to go around intentionally giving people, like, say, AIDS or something like that? Is isn't is there a law it, it, that is? It, it ended up becoming illegal to knowingly spread HIV because 
at the time, especially once it became super illegal, it was super deadly. HIV, still. yeah, right. Um, COVID should have that same, especially right. if you know you've got COVID and you intentionally mm-hmm. don't tell people and you're around them and they're not masked up because, uh, you know, it's like Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. To me, yeah, he put his, his teammates and others, team members, plus referees and anybody else he was around, at risk of death. Yeah. And he should be brought up on on attempted murder or attempted manslaughter or whatever right. the fuck it is yeah. because he knew he wasn't vaccinated and lied about it and then caught COVID and may not have told people until it was too late. Right. And that's that's it should be against the law. It's just a deadly disease. Of course, Trump denies it, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. And then if, and then there was that. Um, Christo-fascist, Christo-fascist broadcaster, uh-huh. Marcus Lamb, who was running around screaming about, I think he said it's a, the vaccine mandates were a sin and he just fucking died of COVID. And you know what? It's like, oh my, okay, it's, it's not going to be the first idiot who dies of COVID and it's not going to be the last. But the thing that blows my mind is how can these people who follow, whether it's Trump or the evangelicals or whatever, they're watching these people die and they're still not putting it together. How is that? What the fuck? I, I don't know. People are just the cognitive dissonance in some people. Well, I mean, with what's her face, Elise Stefanik mm-hmm. posting just like uh, Grassley and Ron McDonald and the GOP talking about how it's a border crisis because the border patrol keeps stopping oh, drugs right. coming into this country. It's like, and who's and this is bad. Why? I know. This is a crisis <laughs> because it was stopped. No, it would be a crisis if the drugs got to Chicago. Yeah. Sure, and we didn't stop it. That's a border crisis. Right. Stopping people coming through the border is not a crisis. The people getting through the border is a potentially a crisis. Right. Stopping drugs from coming across the country is not the crisis. That yeah. means they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why they think that this is a good st- – I don't – Well, it might be because there's because uh-huh. all these people are just – you know, I mean, look, I've talked about my family member before. I've talked a lot about my family member on – Uh, my patrons only but it's like because they are so 100 percent you know in in on drinking the kool-aid it doesn't matter what the truth is they just hear something that makes them say democrats are bad it doesn't matter if it's true it doesn't matter if it's proven to be false or whatever they are just going to go with it so it seems to me that no matter what they say it works. And what I mean, if you notice, if you take a look, one of the things that drives me crazy right now, I mean, we were doing it like when Obama was president, but it was different because when Obama was president, there was some kind of order. There was some kind of an appreciation for the rule of law. There were appreciations for traditions, but there aren't anymore. And so when you see people like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert, whoever, saying outrageous things you know now okay ted cruz is really smart and he says stupid fucking outrageous things and he absolutely knows when he's bullshitting everybody and he he understands that his base is buying up what he says and he doesn't give a shit in fact he invites the left to come after him because it amplifies his tweet when they quote tweet him or when they comment underneath i i'm doing my best now just to take screenshots um same here but you know it's like i think even the stupid ones like bobert they still understand that they are there to to troll. I think they right. believe in their own bullshit. Like I don't think Ted Cruz believes in it. He just goes along with it because it benefits him. I think Bobert believes in it, but she also realizes that she is a bit of a troll, and she likes to throw shit out there that whether or not she even knows it's not true. The whole point is to get liberals 
caught up in this one, you know, tweet ignoring other things that are going on, ignoring how Koch brothers are laser-focused on state houses. Um, So we get caught up in, you know, I mean, and I've done it. We've all done it. You know, you make fun of them. You, you you know, but it's like when liberals answer with, oh, no, this is what it is. (sighs) We're losing. We're losing when we have to constantly, when, when they get to control the narrative and we're chasing behind them with, this is the real truth, it's already too fucking late. We need our own out front messaging. And it's just, well, look, it's driving me nuts. Well, it's driving me nuts too. And somebody mentioned today, I believe it was on Stephanie Miller, and I, I, t- I tweeted it and I'm surprised I haven't been banned from Twitter yet. <laughs> um, uh, they suggested, and I agree with this, especially with what's going on in the Supreme Court, which I know we will discuss, that the GOP no longer can say they're the party of pro-life because they're the party of pro-gun, which means they're the actual baby killers. Oh, oh man. I just... Because they don't... Whenever, whenever a kid gets killed in school by a gun or anybody gets killed by a gun, they're, especially children, the GOP doesn't say let's ban guns. Right. Or, you know, they don't say that. They, they go, no, we need the guns. And it's like, and let's arm the teachers. Well, then you're actually killing actual living, breathing children. Right. So they're the baby killers. Fuck them. They're the fucking baby killers. And, and I'm, I'm still on Twitter. But then again, I did answer a stupid person running for office who called us people that have abortions baby killers. So therefore, if she doesn't get banned, I shouldn't get banned. Yeah. But they're fucking baby killers. I'm sorry. Yeah. They approve of guns. They are the baby killers. End of statement. There was somebody that killed his own child uh, on a hunting, quote, accident, unquote. Well, if he killed his own kid in a car, would they let it go? Yeah. No. No. No, they wouldn't. It would be involuntary manslaughter, rightfully so, involuntary. But he should be charged with involuntary manslaughter for killing his kid. And another guy killed a kid at a fucking Thanksgiving party. And they went, oh, it was an accidental gunshot. Well, if you accidentally hit somebody, you still get charged with a fucking crime. I just, you know, I mean, God, we're up against so much. And it's just, it's so fucking overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. (laughs) You know, know, Bob's brother, uh, I guess occasionally, so hi, listens to this show. And (laughs) he, he was telling Bob, he's like, yeah, Kimberly's going, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Well, I can't fucking help it because... How, yeah. how how do you deal with this and and stay sane and i'm you know i mean it's so it's so worrisome they're out in front of mm-hmm. the messaging and we yeah. have to figure a way to and i don't know if we will to combat that we need to figure out how much frank Luntz is costing yes, and exactly. pay him more pay him double cuz we could yeah. do it we have yeah. enough people, and, and I keep saying this, I'm going to throw this out a lot, but I think that, you know, if, if fucking we could get, and I know it might take some time, but if, if we could get something organized for the spring, if there could be some kind of modern day live aid concert, not, you know, not exactly the same thing, but just, you know, keep right. that as a template or keep that in mind and, and fighting against white supremacy and making it clear. I, you know, you could raise money for the ACLU. You could raise money for, for any kind of um, organization that fights white supremacy. Maybe that's what it could be. But regardless, because Live Aid was, was raising money. So, But if you had some right. kind of a thing where you had all kinds of famous people, whether it's Taylor Swift, um, people that would, you know, be older, be younger, bring in 
this audience that really isn't paying attention and doesn't understand what's at stake. And I wish that, you know, we, we have on our side, on the liberal side of things, you know, we've got the people with the money. And we've got a lot of, we've got fucking Hollywood. We've got the creative people. You could have bands. You could have Bruce Springsteen. You could have, you know, this group of people educating the public on what is, on how fascism and white supremacy is, is, is here. It's mm-hmm. creeping into our school boards. It's creeping into our, you know, it's, it's already in our military. It's already in our police force. I don't know to what degree, but it's in. And, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like, you know, I said this to uh, the last guest that I had, but I, you know, I watched that show Dope Sick. And when everybody was fighting against the pharmaceutical company that was promoting OxyContin, I mean, they would show up and they would, you know, they do the thing where they would lie down and I don't know mm-hmm. what they're called, lions or whatever they're called. But it's like they were making the, these broad statements. And I feel like if Americans, but it's like it's just and then. The, OK, so this leads me to the fact that the Supreme Court is deciding I don't know if they're going to gut, we could talk about this, if they're going to gut Roe or kill Roe. But if they, if they were to kill Roe, I posted this on Twitter, I genuinely wonder if that would enrage people, not just women, because men are affected by abortion. Absolutely. Um, it, would it enrage people enough to go to the polls? And I honestly I don't know. And if they gut it, I don't think they will. They won't even realize it. What do you have any idea of what they're gonna like? What are you, what are you thinking about their ruling? Well, first off, they're gonna rule against the Texas ban because that could open up the door to banning guns. Mm. So oh, first okay. off, that's that's gonna be look. We voted to right. overturn right. Texas ban. See how liberal we are. That's gonna right. happen, and it'll be Kavanaugh and Barrett leading the charge on that. Maybe it'll be nine zero. Who knows? Yeah. But the Texas ban ain't gonna go. Ain't gonna stick. That's right. for okay. Sure. Um, just because of how that law is written and how Kavanaugh went, wait, you mean people could put that against guns? Yeah. Um, so there's that because they're baby killers and they don't care if children are killed by guns. Um, Jesus. With regard to the Mississippi law, listening, to, I didn't listen to it because it was just going to make me mad. But yeah. um, I was reading the tweets about it, which also made me mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. When Robert said what viability doesn't have anything to do with choice because after 24 weeks, it's just the health of the mother. Mm -hmm. Um, You cannot have a quote on demand abortion just because you don't want to have a baby. And by the way, no woman at 24 weeks is going to go, yeah, I don't want it. Yeah. Exactly. That's never going to happen. No, that's not going to, the only, the only time a late term abortion happens is because of the health of the mother. It's just the only time a woman would even think to go through something like that or that the fetus is so unviable, something's wrong and, mm-hmm. and it would live for two hours in pain. Yeah. You don't do that. Right. Uh, those are really the only reasons that anybody's ever going to have a late term abortion. And for him to say, well, what's with the viability? What's what, isn't 15 weeks long enough? Well, technically that law states it's two weeks after conception, uh-huh. which really means because most women it's about a week to two weeks after you missed your period. You think you're pregnant. Right. It's really 13 weeks after the woman finds out she's pregnant mm-hmm. at, at the, yeah. at the longest, right. um, maybe 14 weeks at the very longest. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really not looking at even 15 weeks after she's found out it's 15 yeah. weeks after conception. Yeah. Um, and not implantation, just conception. Yeah. And then when's, <laughs> where, yeah, where's the time to go get an abortion? 
And then that we, exactly. And I mean, yes, 90% of, of most abortions do occur in the first trimester, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. But then you've got these states that delay and delay and delay and delay and delay. And so finally, all of a sudden you're at 16 weeks. You can't have a fucking abortion that you've been trying to get for four or five weeks. Yeah. Jeez. And that's what the, that's what these other states right. will do is they basically what I think is going to happen. And I, I think I'm, the odds are pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're going to go back to the old ways of saying it's a state issue. Um, so that let the states decide mm-hmm. whether or not after 15 weeks mm-hmm. you can allow said abortion, which means I think that's the, the splitting the baby, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. Right. Um, in order for them to go see, it's still legal up to 15 weeks. So all the states, it's like 26 states now, whatever the Supreme Court rules, that will be those the law of the land for those states yeah and so if they do overturn Roe completely which if they do that then they will uh awaken a serious beast well that's you know i mean i certainly do not want that but if that's gonna go down i genuinely hope that beast is awakened i hope that because you know you 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 get a president in like donald trump and Mm -hmm. it did wake a lot of people up and, you know, we, we showed up for the midterms. Now, that, that's the thing. I mean, I don't necessarily think that the Supreme Court, any of those justices, are giving a shit about the uh, 2022 midterms because they've already got their seat for life. Um, worst right. case scenario is they can expand the court and their votes aren't as important. But I think that the fact that they've got theirs I, I don't know how that would play into, uh, you know, whatever political fallout would come from it. But it seems to me that, you know, you've got somebody like uh, Amy, especially Amy and Brett. I, I mean, right. I can't speak for Neil, but right. he I think those two are invested in the Republican Party having control and keeping control. So it really does depend. Uh, but you know, again, I, I feel like it's not that I want abortion to become outlawed, but I feel like they could gut it and it would have the same effect, basically, as it being mm-hmm. outlawed. And if they gut it, there's a smaller chance that there's going to be some big blowback because it's just in, it, it feels incremental. It feels le- it doesn't feel like such a headline. You know, the headline uh, SCOTUS kills abortion rights across the country is much more, you know, the gutted thing is going to be different. People aren't going to react to it in the same way. It's just less impactful, I think. So, you know, I mean, well, I, what, what I, I heard this on Tom Hartman program uh, years ago, and he's been reiterating it lately. When John Roberts was just a lawyer working with Ronald Reagan, when Reagan was president and mm-hmm. Reagan wanted to overturn Roe, he approached him and cause he, Justice Roberts is a very good jurist. Like mm-hmm. him or hate him, he knows the law. Yeah. Whether he, he upholds it is right. another story, yeah. but he, he knows the law. And he pointed out to uh, President Reagan that, look, if you can get Congress to pass a law stating that abortion is illegal, you can write into the law that this cannot be reviewed by the Supreme Court because Congress has the right to regulate the Supreme Court, which is why it can expand it or contract it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's part of regulating the Supreme Court. So Congress can pass laws mm-hmm. that go, nope, Supreme Court, you can't look at it. Yeah. That's a law. And if it's signed into law, it's signed into law. Therefore, what this Congress, if we, if us good little voters 
think about it. We give the the Democrats more seats in the House and more seats in the Senate. They pass a law codifying abortion rights in this. Just keep it at row. Mm -hmm. Keep it to 24 right. weeks. I say you should be able to have it whenever you want, but that's me. Yeah. Um, codify row into law. And in that law, state that the Supreme Court has no right under Article 3, Section whatever it is, to review or overturn this law yeah. by constitutional purview. Have President Biden sign that into law. Roe is saved. The, the country is saved from stupidity and politics. And then the yeah. Republicans have nothing to run on at that point. Right. Because that's the other thing. Republicans have been running on abortion. Yes, yes. If if the Supreme Court guts and or does the worst, which is a, it's what the Democrats have to run on. Yeah. Yes. Women's health care. Yes. A hundred fucking percent. The thing is, is no matter what happens, like let's say they do gut it or they they outlaw Roe altogether. I wrote on Twitter, there are millions of young women and girls right now who have no idea that their right to choose will either be gutted or destroyed. They will learn the hard way when they get pregnant and seek an abortion. And that's yep. just the fucking truth, man. And it, it blows my mind because it's like, I, I'm sure that word of mouth is going to happen. But at the same time, so many people aren't paying attention. And I know that there's a lot of girls out there who are raised as Christians and they think, you know, oh, well, I'm against abortion until they get pregnant with an unwanted pregnancy. Right. And then it's like, oh, maybe I'm not against abortion. Well, it, aren't the statistics one in three women have had an abortion in this country? Yeah. A lot of them, too. I, I did with an children. article. Yeah, with children. And a lot mm -hmm. of them are Catholic, Catholic and Christian. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, so much of the time we say it, it, it has to do, you know, men are part of this for so many reasons, but it's like, you know, you've got a, a family, let's say you've got three kids and you're barely able to feed yourself and your kids. And then the woman gets pregnant again. And the mm -hmm. husband's like, I can't afford, we can't afford this. And right. you know, it's, whether or not they're both working or only he's working, it's, it's a burden on him. And mm -hmm. so this is not, you know, people say abortion is a woman's issue and it's like, no, it isn't. It's a fucking economic issue. Mm -hmm. It's, it's it, it, you know, oh my God. It's just, I don't know. I, I, how the fuck do we get through this shit? It's just all so fucking weird. Everything is like, I can't believe I will never get over. I will never get over. Like I go back to Bob and I on Saturday nights, we like to watch Cheers and mm -hmm. you know we just watch it like as we're eating dinner and just like filler stuff it's still really fucking funny the, the mm -hmm. writing on that show is so great and my my cousin's husband produced it so really that's so cool mm -hmm. um but it's like i, I it's, we were just living in that time not too long ago mm -hmm. i mean granted you know fucking reagan was president for most of it and created a lot of the problems that we're experiencing right now yep. but still back then we were clueless and even the people who were in the know couldn't have predicted what's happening today. To a degree, they could have. I mean, my mom was screaming when George Bush got in in 2000 and when he oh, you yeah. know, won again. She was screaming to anybody who would listen to her. And unfortunately, there were a lot of people who just didn't want to hear it. And, you know, she used to send out emails, whether it was an article or whatever was before Facebook. And I know there were certain people on her email list that would say, please stop sending me these emails. Right. Because I prefer to keep my head buried in the sand. I prefer to be ignorant mm -hmm. so that when Trump becomes president, I can go, oh, what the fuck just happened? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, but I do. I watch these shows lately. What I've getting, I'm getting so nostalgic for things that were in my youth because yeah. everything was so different. It seemed like anything was possible, and now I'm terrified that what I do for a living, what Bob does for a living, will be, a, you know, we won't be able to do it. If we if if the Republicans take power, and I'm not talking about in 22, I'm talking about in 24. Well, yeah. I, well, I mean, did you is because of this with a lot of women when when the Mississippi and the Texas cases were agreed to be taken up by the Supreme Court, a lot of famous women started you know talking about Barbara Lee being one, uh, their abortion experiences, and Jolie Fisher posted something. Did you read that? No, I didn't. Apparently, when she was 17 years old, she got pregnant. She was like, I ain't having this. And hmm. so she she described, I, she was awake for it, so she described her abortion. Mm-hmm. She said, and without that, I wouldn't have my career or the five children I have now. Right. And that's what people forget, especially yeah. younger women yeah. who don't already have children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they may never, women and girls that are going to have to have abortions that are unsafe should row completely be overturned, let alone gutted. Mm-hmm. Poor women. <laughs> yeah. It'll be harder for them to get an abortion because clinics are just going to disappear. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's only one clinic in all of North Dakota. One. Jeez. It's in Fargo. If you don't live in Fargo, Tough it's, shit, it's yeah. not that small a state. It's not like it's Rhode Island where mm-hmm. you can go back and forth, you know, a few hours. Um, you know, it's a big state. And if you don't live near Fargo, it's a day or two's drive. And then there's a, at least a two or three day wait. And then you got to come back. I yeah. mean, that's a week. Yeah. And so, you know, and I think Kansas only has one abortion clinic. I mean, and let alone Texas will get rid of theirs, you know, and that's a huge state. Um, but if they do that, it'll be the poor women that will have back alley abortions that may never be able to have children that want children in the future. Right. You know, it's like sometimes you get, and I have friends who got, I have one friend in particular, but by the way, her mother just died from COVID. Oh man. And she, you know, she was 92 and vaccinated, but the breakthrough infection, mm-hmm. um, she was healthy three weeks ago. Thank you. Unvaccinated people anyway. Yeah, um, really. but a friend of mine, she got pregnant. She was on birth control and they used a condom. Talk about somebody not trying to get pregnant. Right. She had the baby because she's like, if he wants, to, if this kid wants to get through all that, there's a reason. You know, yeah. this is somebody really trying to prevent pregnancy and still got pregnant. Yeah. And the other things that Sotomayor was bringing up today is birth control mm-hmm. and other things. You know, it's like it's yeah. not about it's not about just abortion. Texas already is trying to outlaw contraception. Yeah. That's insane. You know, and, and look, I've been on birth control pill. I'm not talking about, I mean, we've, we've all used the, whether it's, you know, IUD or uh, what is that thing called? It's not the sponge. It's the thing that you put up inside. What are those things oh, called? The, the rubber thingy, the vaginal rubber thingy. Yeah, it's like, but it's, no, there was a sponge. Oh, diaphragm. Diaphragm, yeah, which right. I used once and gave me a terrible fucking UTI. It was horrible. And it's gross. It's so gross. Yeah, it's gross. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I. I have been on birth control pills, I think, three separate times in my life, and I fucking hated it. I hated it. I mean, it saved me from, first, it saved me from debilitating cramps that made me pass yeah. out in the middle of the night. And 
then I took it. And I mean, I did take it to prevent pregnancy. Uh, but that was literally one of the reasons. The first time I ever went on birth control, it was because I passed out in the middle of the night. From I, I was seeing stars. The pain was so intense. Oh, honey, I would miss I work that. from it. It was awful. So when I went on birth control, I I eliminated uh, that. Te- the cramping was just so bad. So I didn't. I mean, I would continue throughout my life while I was menstruating to get cramps every month, but nothing like that so it did help with that but then you know you just exchange one set of problems for a different set whether it's weight gain or for me it was weight gain but it was also just so emotional all the fucking time always sad always down I mean yes I had moments of fun and everything but often mostly I was sad and then the other I went on it one time to get rid of acne I can't remember the name of that particular pill they advertised it to get rid of acne I thought well I'm going to try it and of course I wound up gaining weight so I traded the clear skin for weight gain eventually I went off of it and I found something to keep my skin at you know keep the acne at bay and I was happy because I hated being on it but I would never want to deny it you know, I'm right. grateful that it was there for me and I know that it's got risks and I was stupid because I smoked and I, t- and I took birth control and they tell you not to do that, but you know, you're addicted oh, yeah. and young and stupid. So I did that. But as much as I fucking hate birth control pills and I really do, I mean, I would, I will fight and fight and fight for the right for, for women to use them because in, in many cases, I mean, it saves you. It saved me when I, I couldn't fucking work for three days. The, I did, the Advil it laughed at Advil. I was like, fuck you, Advil. And I, I couldn't get out of bed. It was fucking miserable. So, you know, I mean, and yeah, and they want to take that away. And I just, I just can't be, we can't, we cannot live in a country. We can't go backwards. I don't see how, you know, I mean, the, the guy that I was talking to, Steve Hofstetter, he's a comedian. He said that, now he said this about whites. Well, I think he said about Republicans. Was it Republicans or the white supremacists? That they were on there, it was like death rattle. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, okay, I think that, they are absolutely desperate, but I yes. don't necessarily think that they're at a death rattle. I think that there is a seri- serious solid chance that they can maneuver things so that they win and take power. And maybe they will only have power for a generation, but that generation is fucked in the interim. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we might get it back, but I'll be dead. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I think about, and then, and on top of everything else, there's a climate, but I don't even want to get into the climate. Um, well, I mean, I was on the pill for 30 years mm-hmm. and uh, 31, actually, was it 50 or 51? I forget. Um, and, uh, my doctor, when I right what two years before my 35th birthday, cause I smoked mm-hmm. and she said, if you're still smoking on your 35th birthday, I'm taking you off the pill. <laughs> because yeah. you're basically what happens for those of you that don't know. In your 30s, your natural hormones start to change, mm-hmm. even if you're on the pill, and that increases your risk for all sorts of cancers at that point. And if you smoke, it makes it tenfold worse. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, if, you, if you're still smoking on your 35th birthday, you're done. So I quit smoking September 11th, <laughs> 2000, September, excuse me, September 14th, 2001, which was three days after September 11th. Um, cause I was taking a drug that you had to take for seven weeks and I wanted to be able to drink champagne on new year's Eve. Cause you're not supposed to drink on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I literally back timed it because my birthday's in January. So I back timed it to before my 30th birthday, I would have been quit and I did. And I haven't had a cigarette since, but 
it was like, there was no way I was going to go off. I love that thing. That Mm -hmm. was the greatest thing ever invented for me because I basically had no periods. They got gone. Mm -hmm. And my cramps, what were those? Right. Um, exactly. And my boobs never hurt. I mean, it wow. was because every now and then, like when I was first on it for the first few years, I was like, I'm not having a period, which is weird, right? Because yeah. you think that you're supposed to, but you're not. No, not if you're not sloughing off any. There's no reason. And so, because my doctor was like, literally, do not have to have a period. We have ingrained it in you. That so I would go right. off the pill every like six or eight months, you mm-hmm. know, just for like a month, and I would be in hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was I, I was in hell no matter what I did. <laughs> no matter fucking what I did. It was awful. I, I mean always, my boobs uh, would feel like like knocking on wood. Yeah. Mine would hurt. Mine would hurt. Oh my god. Ah, oh, the worst. So I mean to take to take that medication away from women exactly, yeah. for and, to, and plus I was uh, one of the reasons my doctor besides not getting pregnant wanted to put me on the pill was I was getting ovarian cysts. Yeah. And she's like this will help. Right. And from the moment I started on yes. the pill, I never had a cyst once again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we can't. <sighs> I just, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess we'll all just fucking wait and see. I think, that, I think that the girls and the women that have grown up that were born, you know, in 1973 beyond. Mm-hmm. So women that are almost 50. Yeah. Um, uh, that are still potentially going to be able to get pregnant. Um, They've never grown up. Now, mm-hmm. you and I are too young to remember those days, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we were born before that. My sister, my older sister, yeah. my oldest sister, um, Kath, she's, she had a friend that um, got an abortion in the 60s illegally yeah. um, and, and got in, an infection, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they were, they were teenagers. Uh, she remembers the day, the good old days when you couldn't get birth control unless mm-hmm. you were married. Um, I mean, these are the, these are the things that certain states want us to go back to Yeah. and women and girls that don't know this because they've never lived through Mm -hmm. it are going to wake up to a fucking harsh reality if they don't vote. Absolutely. I always like to describe it. Like we like to say that we learn from history, but we really don't. We don't. And you know, it's the baby always needs to touch the fire. The baby always needs to touch the hot stove. You can tell that baby don't touch Mm -hmm. it. It's hot. But until they touch it and realize it for themselves, they don't understand mm-hmm. why you shouldn't be touching it. And each generation mm-hmm. that comes up that doesn't have any, you know, if you don't get it, if you know, I mean, I, I saw a very similar sentiment about just democracy in general. When, when, when it's given to you and that's mm-hmm. all you know, you don't realize how easy it is that it can be lost. Now, it was given to me, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and there are a lot of people out there who haven't gone to whether it's Soviet because I went to Soviet Russia and I got right. to see other parts of the world. But even people who have lived there, lived here their whole lives, of course, there are a lot of people who get it. But there just are a lot of Americans who have no fucking idea. You know, I was mm-hmm. talking to a girl at the grocery store the other day who just told me. She said something like, well, you know, I just because I said, are you registered to vote? We have an important election coming up next year. And she she didn't think that voting made a difference. And, you know, I said this on my Monday show, but I'm going to repeat it. And, you know, I mean, she was a young black woman and she she seemed, you know, she was talking about how she studied in school. Something something about when she studied history in school, she determined that basically governments couldn't be trusted or were useless or whatever it was that she said. And I was like, you know, here I am in line at the grocery store and I, like all these things in my head. The one thing I said to her is I said, do you, are you aware that there are certain states 
that want to make voting difficult for certain kinds of people? And she said, yes. And I said, well, if why would they go all to all this trouble making it harder to vote if voting didn't, didn't matter. matter? And she goes, exactly. well, that's a good point. And I said, you do know as a black woman, you and she was young. I mean, she might have even been in her teens. But I said, as a black woman, you have fewer rights than most of the people in this country. I said, yep. as a white woman, I have a little bit more rights than you. But, you know, the white men, they get all the rights. <laughs> and yep. she, she seemed to understand that. And I said, well, there are some elections that are won by just a few votes. And they make a big difference because those people are determining the laws that you have to live under. And I said, I, I know that it seems... You know, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of education she's had. She, you know, I mean, she said she studied history in school. She didn't say government. I know that, I, you know, I, there was one, I'm trying to think. I think in sixth grade I had social studies for the school that I went to. Was, it was like a half a school year. And then in Russia we had a social studies class. And we did, I know we talked about other things, but the thing that stands out in my mind because of the time were were the hot the Iran hostages and Johnny Jimmy Carter. So we talked about that a lot, and um, but you know I didn't I didn't come out of that with an understanding of how government worked. And and I told her I said you know most people in this country don't really even understand how government works yet they criticize it because they just don't fully understand it. And I said I just hope that you'll be inspired to listen to what I had to say. And I said, please trust me. I just, I want all of us to be happy and know, you know, as, as little as discrimination as possibly can be. And I said, just go take a look at what's happening. I don't know. I mean, where, where am I going to direct her? You know, go read the Washington post, go, you know, go, I don't know, but uh, go read rewire, but um, follow angry black lady. You know, what I mean? <laughs> she, she will tell you, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if I, I hope that I got through to her, but you know, I think she's so representative of so many young people because they have been given this gift of democracy and they think, Oh, that's just the way it's always going to be. Well, also I was asking my podcast partner, Sean yesterday. Um, I said, because his son has just started college this year. And I said, was he taught civics in class? Mm -hmm. And he said, no. No. I said, was he taught American history? He said, yeah. And I said, but he wasn't, does he know the three branches of government from school? He goes, no, not from school. No, that you don't know. I mean, I I was not taught civics. Maybe, Maybe I learned that women fought for, you know, suffrage, but it was a paragraph. I know it would have been interesting to me because I, you know, I mean, I remember when I was younger, what would have caught my attention. I, I remember taking a psychology class and being really interested in, um, you know, like there was my coach or my coach, my, uh, my teacher was talking about love and the different kinds of love. And it was so fascinating to me. And I know if I would have heard about the Equal Rights Amendment, if I would have learned about Alice Paul more than a paragraph, more than just a generalization, um, I would have been, oh, I want, because I've always been interested in women and women seeking power and all of that. So, and women standing up for other women, because I've done that, not just for women, but for people. Um, You know, I don't know. It's just, okay, the last thing. I was was super lucky because I started civic, my first civics class was fifth grade. Wow, that's really great. That's really great. So, and that's why you're yeah, so fucking I mean, smart. <laughs> well, and also it was in the 70s, and Ronald Reagan didn't right. want us to be taught, mm-hmm. and civics started being phased out of high schools yeah. 
1981-82, and I was in 10th grade in 1982, and my American history teacher was still teaching that. Yeah. Sorry, 81-82. Yeah, 82. And so, I mean, still learning things like that because it was still part of the curriculum, but it started getting phased out of certainly out of public schools in the early 80s because Reagan. Right. Jesus, fucking Reagan. He was fucking Reagan. All right, so the last thing I want to bring up here is Omicron is in America. I want to call it Kodachrome. Is that okay? <laughs> Kodachrome. <laughs> <laughs> Omicron. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's in California. Yes, it is. It's in San Francisco from a person who flew back from South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was diagnosed on Monday, which is good because today's only Wednesday. Right. But he flew in a week ago. Um, so he probably took the test on Friday or Thursday last week and got the results mm-hmm. within the last couple of days. Um, and so he's quarantining. Um, he was fully vaccinated and so far his symptoms are super mild and he's getting better, mm-hmm. which is the good news. Yes. Which does suggest that even if yes. he didn't have a booster shot, that vaccinations mm-hmm. might be helpful against Omicron, which we don't officially know. This is anecdotal. Mm-hmm. But he flew in. Yeah. From there, which means there was an airport in South Africa, at least mm-hmm. one. Um, potentially, he flew into New York to fly to San Francisco um, or another airport. So that puts at least three airports is in my estimation. Right. I don't know if there are nonstops from South Africa to San Francisco. There yeah. may be no clue. Right. Um, uh, but luck. hopefully there were only two airports that he was in. Mm-hmm. But if not, everybody on that plane mm-hmm. needs to be contact traced, mm-hmm. their families, and everybody that he was in reasonable contact with in each airport. So potentially a thousand people worldwide mm-hmm. have been affected by this one human being. Jesus. Just that's, that's just, you know, you know, remember the Fabergé commercial and you tell a friend and so on and right. so on and yes. so on. It's that. And so hopefully... Um, our CDC is, has gotten in touch with him and then they've gotten in touch with the airline and the airlines getting in touch with the employees and gate agents. And, and then they're all getting in touch with the passengers on the planes, plane mm-hmm. or planes to make sure that they all get tested because that's the only way to quarantine people that have been potentially exposed mm-hmm. and to get them tested to make sure they either do or don't have it. And which, which, virus they have yeah which variant they have because that's the only way you can stop things like this which is why when this first happened and that and donald um decided not to test people because it would keep the numbers down because that's just the dumbest thing Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. it's like being a little bit pregnant if i don't take the pregnancy (laughs) test i'm not pregnant no lady sorry yeah it just doesn't Uh, look bad for him that's all he wanted yeah and so i mean had he done just the basic contact tracing once we found washington state that could have squashed it in this country. Yeah. Or at least in that part of the country. And then you go, okay, New York, let's see what's happening there. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. just contact tracing alone yeah. would have would have been a nice mitigating factor that would have helped because health departments do that all the time with STDs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then, okay, so now it was, of course, announced on Thanksgiving. Fucking Thanksgiving okay. morning. It's trending that we have a new variant. And I'm like, yay, happy Thanksgiving. Um, but you know, I mean, right now it's just too early to tell one thing. Oh God, I have to go find it now. But it, what's his name? Seth McFarland. He said, okay, from epidemiolo- epidemiologist, Caitlin, whatever her last name is, Jay, I'll just say mm-hmm. Caitlin Jay. 
um, whose newsletter I recommend for regular updates. And then, quote, those with, in, those with infection-based immunity were five times more likely to be reinfected than those with vaccines. Time yes. And time for the uh, unvaccinated to get vaccinated. And so here, preliminary... Pre- pre- <laughs> Preliminary Thank evidence. You for you to say. <laughs> I know. Preliminary. Pre- see, I can't do it. Preliminary evidence suggests there may be an increased uh, risk of reinfection with Omicron, i.e., people who have previously had COVID 19 could become reinfected more easily with Omicron as compared to other variants of concern, but that information is limited. And then this is the last thing it says so, infection induced immunity, which is being pushed all over Fox News. Some are calling it natural immunity may not work well against Omicron. This isn't a surprise because we saw this with Delta two. Those with infection based immunity were five times more likely to be reinfected than those with vaccines. So not just for Omicron, but also for Delta. So if you are somebody out there who has had it and you think, Oh, I'm good. I'm protected because I got it. No, you're five times more likely to get it. So get the fuck, get your ass vaccinated. No, that help a uh, friend of Lonnie's, um, uh, obviously a Fox News watcher. He got, he thinks he got COVID. He doesn't even know whether or not he got COVID prior to his current Delta infection. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Um, and because he thought he may have ha- had it, so he never bothered getting vaccinated. <sighs> and then he caught the Delta variant and was in a hospital. I think he's out. I, I asked Lonnie if he's heard from him, and so he said he was going to call him today. But he was like, well, fuck Dr. Fauci. And it's like, Dr. Fauci is telling people to get vaccinated yeah. even if they've had COVID. Right. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. And and what's really scary is right now we are looking at family get-togethers. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I mean, obviously the start of it was Thanksgiving. The peak mm-hmm. of it is going to be Christmas. And, mm-hmm. you know, just in my family, uh, they some people in my family wanted to plan a get together on the 20th at a restaurant. And I'm like, I'm not going, no, Mm -hmm. not, not with, it's one thing, you know, I mean, right now I'm not a, we've got the Delta, we've got this new variant, but just take the Delta out. It's like, I would do it if, if we weren't experiencing, there's more people who died in 2021 from COVID than in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so we can't be acting like, oh yeah, everything's safe. So I'm not going. And I think I I told my father, I said, look, if this is going to be held at someone's house and everyone's vaccinated, I'll go. Because there is still a bit of a risk involved. You know, there are certain family members that fly a lot. And so, you know, maybe those people are going to be, you know, more vulnerable or they'll, they they might catch it or something like that and give it to us. But I mean, you got to fucking draw a line somewhere. You can't hide away from the world forever. As long as we're all vaccinated, I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, there's going to be a risk, but we have to keep this in mind. And, you know, the holidays, is they're saying that they're expecting a surge. They don't know what kind of surge it's going to be. It's probably not going to be as bad as last year just because more people are vaccinated. But there's right. still going to be a surge. And, you know, I mean, I know on the other side of my family, on, on my mom's side, you know, there are people who are not vaccinated and they're hanging out with other people who are not vaccinated. And, you know, so it's like this morbid weight. Are they going to die? Are they, and especially uh, two of them who are old and one of them is severely compromised. And so it's like, now we're just waiting and seeing after two weeks, are they going to be okay? They aren't yeah, concerned, I mean, but we are. I, I, I get this thing from the New York Times every day. It's called the coronavirus tracker. So it's their assessment of what's going on. And they don't, I'm not sure exactly where they get it from. 
but LA County up until today had been increasing. So wow. we went from a high probability of getting it if you were unvaccinated to very high for about a month. Mm -hmm. And then today we were back down to under 10 per 100,000. We were at eight per 100,000 because we've been decreasing the last week or so. And I'm like, okay, we have another week until the Thanksgiving numbers come in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we're going to have Christmas. It's a two-week lag. Yeah, it's and always so two it's weeks. like we're going to go back up most likely to very high. But again, most people in L.A. are getting their boosters now. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And I think that <sighs> might quash, depending on Omicron and how, how bad it is, mm -hmm. it might quash hospitalizations and yeah. stuff because now everybody has had their boosters after two to six months or seven months or whatever. Yeah. And Zelani just got his on Sunday. Um, I got mine a few weeks ago because I could, because before it was open up, I, because of my blood pressure, I was allowed to get it immediately. Mm -hmm. So I did, I got it October 22nd. <laughs> I was like, yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, November 4th for me. And so, I mean, Lonnie, Lonnie was, eligible in October, like, you know, the beginning of November, whenever they opened it up to everybody. Um, and then he is flying to Florida in February. And I'm like, you damn well, you're getting a goddamn booster before you get on that plane. And again, I'm going to make him be tested <laughs> when he gets home. <clears throat> wow. And we're going to, I'm going to make him quarantine because the last time he went to Florida a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, I said, uh, no, it was actually this past spring. I said, when you get back, we're going to, uh, you're going to be tested. <laughs> right. And um, once you get back and then you're going to be tested a week later mm -hmm. and you're living in the bedroom and I'm living in the living room mm -hmm. and uh, we're masking up near each other. Yeah. Because I've, I've gone two years without getting this fucking thing. I know. Me too. I don't want to, even though the, the science also states that if you survived COVID, like with the mild case, like Stephanie, Chris and Travis, right. and you've gotten three shots, mm -hmm. You're pretty fucking immune. Yeah, I know. My brother but, my brother had mild, and now he's gotten the three shots. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I still don't want COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want it, especially because I keep going back to it. You know, I mean, this is not like a flu. This is something that could have long-term effects. Yes. It may not. But, you know, Fauci said, yeah, if you, if, if you get a breakthrough, uh, if you get a breakthrough, you could get long COVID. So, I mean, I think the chances are lower. That that would happen. I think, you know, we've eliminated a lot of the worst of it, but it's still Russian right. roulette. This is a new virus. It's not mm -hmm. something that's been around for 100 years. We learn every, you know, every, every day we're learning something new. And so the way I look at it is I'm not, I, I don't view it as living in fear. I view it as taking the necessary precautions and listening mm -hmm. to what the experts are saying and following their guidelines. Thank God that we live in a time where you know at least we have a lot of you know there's cable shows there are things yeah. there are things that we can do it, it doesn't take uh, it's like I can't imagine going through this when I was younger you know and it's right. certainly not that I was out clubbing every night because I wasn't I went out you know in my 20s I pretty much stopped going to nightclubs in my 30s. I did occasionally, but it was yeah. rare. But in my 20s, I was going out, you know, at least, you know, once a week or twice a month. And for me, that was good that I, I wanted and I needed that and I needed to be around people. So now I certainly don't get that kind of socialization. I don't care. 
I, you know, even right. if COVID weren't here, I wouldn't be going out to clubs and things like that, but I would be going to restaurants. I would be making more of an effort to being out in society and being part of things. But right now it's like, well, you know, there's, there's just too much risk involved. And so I'm choosing to go with what Fauci's telling me. I'm just listening to the experts and that's all we can really do. And if we're vaccinated, then we can have times together, you know, social times and being with people mm -hmm. and laughing with people. But, you know, you got to You got to be you got to be smart about this. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's it's I'm supposed to go to an event in January because uh, a friend of mine who put off now. God, he was supposed to do this April of 2020. Um, and he's performing in Palm Springs, which requires vaccination everywhere, though, when we were out for Thanksgiving, we stayed in a hotel because Lonnie's mom was having Thanksgiving and then her uh her sister's uh, son and his wife and his son were coming out all fully vaccinated. And so they were going to stay at the house. Not that I like staying in a hotel, but anyway, so we were staying at this hotel and the morning of Thanksgiving, I got up and I wanted to walk about cause that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to bring my jacket. I didn't think I would need it. And it was super windy and super cold. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. So I had my masks cause I double mask no matter what. Mm -hmm. I get into the gym and they have signs up everywhere, wipe down your mm -hmm. machines, which you should do whether there's yes. COVID or not. <laughs> 100%. Um, and so I get on a treadmill and there's a woman behind me uh, jogging on a treadmill and a guy, two treadmills over walking and a couple people lifting weights. I was the only one wearing a mask. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, seriously? I know. And I'm, I know I walk at a three and a half to 3.7 mile an hour clip. I think I had it at three and a half miles an hour. Mm -hmm. I walked 4.1 clip today. Anyway, wow. um, <laughs> I was walking fast at one point today. Um, but on general, it's, it's, so I set it to three and a half miles an hour. I was going to do three miles. And so I'm doing, and I'm, you know, I'm not breathing super heavy, but if I didn't have the mask on, I'm expelling yes. air. Yes. And other people are jogging and really expelling right. air. Yeah. And other people are, you know, one guy was on a rower. Mm -hmm. uh, other guys are lifting weights. People are doing Peloton. Right. And I'm like literally the only person wearing masks, two of them. And this one woman gets on the woman that's, she was a girl, mm -hmm. maybe 20, gets on the treadmill right next to me and looks at me like I'm insane. And oh it's my like, God. I'm not the crazy person. Yeah, really. And when I got off the treadmill, I went, got a towel and wiped down even surfaces I didn't touch. Right. Of course. And I was the, I think I was the only one that did it. And I'm like, seriously, people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm going to write to the hotel and go, look, I know that Palm Springs is very hardcore on their vaccine mandates. And I understand this hotel is a high-end snooty hotel and people are high-end <laughs> snooty that stay there. Um, but if you're going to have the, the gym open, the mm -hmm. indoor gym open, you need to have somebody there a checking yes. for vaccination. Yes. Because they should be fully vaccinated to go mm -hmm. inside a gym. Mm -hmm. And secondly, if they're not, especially if they're not going to mask up. And secondly, make sure that they're wiping down their fucking equipment. Yeah. I know. And people don't do that ever. I mean, I used, I, I can't go to the gym for that reason. Oh my God. I mean, I used to go to the gym in the 90s and my, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my workout machine was always the stair climber. And uh -huh. sometimes I'd get on the stair climber. And I would just see a pool of somebody else's sweat. And I cannot fucking handle, I cannot handle bodily fluids outside of the body. It, I yeah. can't, I start gagging. It's, I mean, I might be able to handle urine and a little bit of blood, but when it comes to sweat and saliva and, and 
all the other things, the stuff that comes out of your nose. I don't even, it's like mucusy crap. Ugh, I can't handle it. And it's like, I would watch people and they would be, you know, whether they were running or on any kind of gym equipment and they would be, you could just see the sweat dripping on and then they'd get off. And it's so disgusting. When we went, (laughs) when we went on uh, our cruise, January, 2020, um, (laughs) we got home January 17th. Wow. Just just in time. No kidding. But, um. (laughs) But we, we went on Norwegian Cruise Lines, which I don't think had anybody get COVID. Yeah. I don't think they did. I know Carnival did, and I think Carnival was the only cruise line that had issues with COVID. And the reason that I say Norwegian Cruise Lines, A, first off, it's freestyle dining, so mm-hmm. yay. Um, secondly, <laughs> you can't even get on the ship until you do some hand sanitizer. Oh, wow. You could have paid for your trip. Mm-hmm. you're getting ready to get on the ship. If you don't get hand sign that they make you do, they're not letting you on the ship. Mm-hmm. So that's just getting on your sanitizing your hands. Yeah. Then for every meal, whether it's a sit down dinner or you're going to the stupid buffet, which I hate buffets, <laughs> um, but that's mainly, you know, your lunch, mm-hmm. hand sanitizer in hand sanitizer mm-hmm. out. Wow. I mean, they literally had this thing going happy, happy, washy, washy. <laughs> You know, by the oh end of the God. first cruise we went on, it, it was like I would just stick my hands out going, happy, happy, washy, washy, because it's cute. <laughs> right. Um, and then in their gym, they had not only hand sanitizer available, but they had sanitizing wipes for you to wipe down yeah. your wow. equipment, not just towels. Like, right. ser- they were like, they're serious about it. Yeah. And everybody on that cruise line was like, yeah, I'm wiping it down. Because I went to the gym, you know, to, to use a treadmill every day. Mm-hmm. And hand sanitizer you know, wipes, wh- everybody did it. It's like, cruise people know yeah wow it's weird it's just oh fucking a well you know what we'll we'll see what happens i mean we're gonna it's been a week now basically since thanksgiving so we'll give it another week and a day or so and we'll see what happens with those numbers and we'll just have to keep watching omicron because you know it's funny though jen kirkman last night said i've been pronouncing it omicron and so have i so it's like i'm really making an effort to call it the right apparently the greeks call it omicron Oh, really? With no N, um, um, or Omicron, uh-huh. which is the Greek pronunciation. The English say Omicron, and Americans say Omicron or Omicron. So I just say Kodachrome. <laughs> well, that makes total fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then every, I can't and then wait I just for Rocky wanted... Mountain Mike's Omicron know, based on right. the Kodachrome oh, song. My God, that's I, funny. I'm hearing it in my head already. <laughs> Omicron. I can exactly. Hear it. <laughs> it lends itself to that. Oh my totally god. Does. Well, see, this is not a complete downer that we're ending on. At least there's a little <laughs> bit of humor here. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna have to wrap things up. Of course, it's always wonderful to talk to you. Um as well, you young lady. <laughs> I'm so young. Uh before I let you go, of course, do what you need to do. Tell everybody where to find you. In Los Angeles. No, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, I live in LA. Look for me there. Just ask anybody on the street. Where's Jody? Um, Where's Jody? Do you know Jody? Sure. She's so uh, cool. I love her. She's the weird walking lady. Um, uh, you can you can stalk me on Twitter at from the bunker jr, and my uh, show you can get it from dash dash bunker Cool. And then of course, in the Patreon description of this show, only Patreon. Um, are the links to your sites, to your Twitter and to your show. And then, of course, I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E at the end. And my books are on Amazon. 
I will talk to you again. All right, darling. Have a wonderful day. Please tell Bob I'll talk to him tomorrow. <laughs> I will. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>